Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome, everyone, to Authors on the Air. No, this is not your host, <laughs> Pam Stack. This is Gabino Iglesias uh, just jumping in for Pam today. Uh, she's hacking up along, so send her your best wishes. Uh, I'm taking over today, so prepare to have some fun. Not that you don't have fun uh, every single time that Pam is here. It'll just be a little bit... Uh, uh, we'll just talk about different things because that's just the way that we do it. Uh, in case you don't know me, and there's no reason why you should, I am the author of Zero Saints, Coyote Songs, and the editor of uh, Both Sides Out and Out from Polish Books. Please go buy it because we put it out in the middle of a pandemic. With me today, and I am incredibly, incredibly excited, is Jennifer Hillier, one of my favorite writers. Uh, I have a couple of bios for her, but I decided to read uh, one that she uh, that she sent that's written in first person instead of third person, which I think is incredibly <laughs> interesting. Uh, some of it will be hers, and some of it will be me adding stuff. So you will have to talk to her to figure out what's what. Uh, hi there, I'm Jennifer. I write about dark, <laughs> twisted people who do dark, twisted things. My newest psychological thriller, Little Secrets, is now available for Minotaurs. I am also the author of Jar of Hearts, also for Minotaur. Um, I was born in Toronto, but I spent eight years in the Seattle area, which is where all my novels are set. I'm a Seahawks fan, but I'm married a Packers guy. We have a young son who is awesome, uh, who looks most like me when he's crying. <laughs> my favorite often is Stephen King, even though I'm a better writer. I'm afraid of the dark, and I can't sleep unless I've checked the box on the doors several times. Probably psychological trauma from the stuff that I write. I love writing when it's raining, sleeping when it's sunny, and reading after everyone else has gone to bed. I cherish my family, those who read and those who don't, and my friends, those who write and those who don't. But she likes those of us who write just a little better. Uh, Ladies and gents, with you right now. (laughs) <laughs> the amazing Jennifer Hillier. Jennifer, how are you doing today? I'm good, you nerd. <laughs> I'm not expecting that. <laughs> I want to bless am, uh, Stephen King, so I want to make sure that I don't just him, you know what I mean? No, Alex, that part, uh-huh. I added it. Um, You're Mr. so King, funny. If you listen to the show, <laughs> can you please tweet about her book? I just know it would make her happy. Uh, we're and all stuck Gavino. at home. You're at home. 
<laughs> oh, sure. You know, throw, throw a tweet my way, too. I'll take it. Would, um, would that be the blurb <laughs> that you would have printed on a T-shirt? Because I think that would be the blurb that I would make a T-shirt for. You know I, what I mean? I mean, yeah. Right? Why like, not? it's the ultimate, right? It's the ultimate. It's like the that's, bucket that's list for marketing. pretty much every – yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, now I know why, why you're – I like how you're thinking. Um, <laughs> but while we wait for that blurb and that tweet and that Stephen King shirt, I think Anything we this valuable time uh, to talk about little secrets. What do you think? Oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. Yes, that sounds good. Uh, I don't know where to start because I read this thing. I love it. You did. Uh, I you think did. I, I think you get better with every book. I'm scared when you read my stuff. I am like specifically scared when you read my stuff. You know, there's like a handful Why? of reviewers. I don't know because I know that you'll be honest and I know that you'll go deeper. You know, I know that you'll really kind of get in there and you'll dissect it and you'll do it both like a reviewer, but also you're an author too, right? So you see it, you see it kind of differently. Um, not that that affects your review at all, but it just, I think it just enhances the review. And so I'm nervous when I know that you're reading. Um, and I had you on my list, wow. like, right at the beginning. <laughs> and I'm like, send him a book, but I, ugh, like, in my stomach is like, oh, could be in this reading it. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's good. That's it's good for me idea. because when I picture that in my head, it makes me better, right? When you know that there's somebody who you want to admire your work, it makes you write harder. So you're good here's, for me. Here's what I'm going to do from now on. Uh, I'm gonna send you random messages on social media if I know that you're writing on the, you know, the next one, and I'll say, <laughs> "Hey Jennifer, yeah. I'm really looking forward to the next one. Oh my it God. better be awesome, and it has to be better than the last one." Um, <laughs> that, <might> and then, <laughs> that could yeah, actually be no the pressure. that could be the kick in the ass that I need, to be honest. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're home. You should be writing the next one. I am working on I it, but it, it's, <laughs> I, I'm writing the next one. It, it just is now, like in the last couple of weeks, I've just gotten into a bit of a rhythm, but I didn't have one for the longest time. Um, I could write other things. I could do like, you know, promo stuff, but I couldn't write fiction for a while. It was just too weird. Um, but now I'm kind of falling back into my into my space um, mentally where I need to be. But okay. yes, I'm working on the next one. It's due, I have a while. I don't think it's due until March. Uh, to my editor, but you know, I, I don't want to leave it too long because I panic, and then, and then that's still good. So, well, it better not suck. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, what did I what say about you? Once you're my you're my life coach that I didn't know I needed. That's basically what, what? it. <laughs> I, I, that's a that's a huge responsibility. Um, but <laughs> sure, get it get it done. Send it out. Work on your edits and the. Right, right. Send it to us because the, the rest of us want to read it. Uh, right. But while that while you work on that one, Real Secrets is here, and people should be uh, just buying it and reading it right now. My oh, first question you. about Little Secrets is this. I'm currently teaching a workshop on violence, syncretism, and horror. And the first mm-hmm. time the violence that we discuss is um, violence against children because it's a very yeah. touchy subject. And you jumped <laughs> on this book within a couple of pages. Um, we, we're dealing with, uh, oh, my God, what happened to this kid? Yeah, uh, a missing a child. You're a person, you're a mom. But, yeah, you, <laughs> you write about truly horrible things that, that hurt your soul to read about. 
why did you decide to go with a, with a missing child's case? It, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't on purpose. I don't outline, which to my detriment, um, I don't outline. And so I thought I was going to write right. a book about cheating. You know, I thought I was going to write a book about an affair, about a woman who was married for a long time and discovers that her husband of 20 years is, is sleeping with a much younger woman. And I thought I had a lot to say about that. And then as I was working through that, I, I felt like there was a darker story underneath that already awful story. And, um, and then I imagined what would happen, like how she would feel if she was grieving, if she was uncertain, if she was angry, right, already. And then the affair just amplifies all of those feelings. And so it wasn't like I set out to write a missing kid book because I think, um, I think if I had pitched that to my editor, I don't know if he would have liked it, to be honest. I think he would have said, oh, this has been done or, oh, this is hard for people to read. Um, but it came about like late in the writing process. And then I wanted to explore what that would feel like. You know, and so, and I write about what scares me. And so, Mox, my son is five. He was four when I wrote the book, um, the same age as the, the little boy in Little Secrets. And him disappearing is like my worst, it's my worst nightmare. And I wanted, I wanted to yeah, dive in because I'm like, you know, I, I like to punish myself clearly. Um, I wanted to imagine oh. what, what it would feel like, right? I wanted to imagine it because I feel like if I imagine it, then maybe it won't happen. You know, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like it's, if I write about it, it's a way to ward off the actual thing from happening, which is stupid and delusional. But <laughs> so far, so I have not been murdered so, by a serial killer. And so far, my son has not gone so, missing. So maybe it works. <laughs> here's, here's my next question. Now, which I'm just improvising right now based on what you just said. As you're imagining this thing, uh, are you imagining the whole thing, or are you just trying to deal with, you know, learning how to cope with a, with a missing child? Or on yeah. top of that, was your husband cheating on you too in your imagination? <laughs> <laughs> not, not this husband, <laughs> but, okay. but I can say I've had, I've had experience with that, um, and I know that it brings you to like a relationship ending is hard, right? Any relationship ending is hard, and it brings you to a really dark place where you question yourself and you're in pain. Um, and that manifests in different ways in your life. And I wanted to talk about that. Um, but then I, you know, then I combine that with my biggest fear, which is my son, anything happening to my son. Um, and then it was just sort of like it became a book about, about dealing with rage, um, maybe misdirected, right? Um, maybe it wasn't the other woman's fault um, that any of this happened, but it was someone to be mad at. And I know what that feels like too. And so what, when I was writing Little Secrets, I really wanted to get into – um, not so much the situation of the kidnapped kid, but how that made her feel. You know, what she does in the aftermath of her son going missing and her not knowing for a year. What would that do to her? Um, which then required me to think about what that would do to me. And I think I would be, I think I would spiral just the way she did. Um, I think all of the things I wrote about her doing are probably things I would do too. So, like, without spoiling it, um, I just didn't want to sugarcoat those feelings, you know. And as a mom, everything feels magnified. You know, all your fears are like, I was a suspicious person before I had a kid. You know, if you're smiling at me, I want to know why. Or, you know, maybe the neighbor is a, is a murderer we don't know about. You know, like, I feel like everyone has secrets and everyone's got something they're hiding. Um, but now that I'm a mom, it's like everybody could be a kidnapper. Everybody could be a pedophile. Everybody could be doing something shady. So it's worse. And the only place to put this is in books for me. <laughs> so. To get, get it out of your system and onto the page. <laughs> exactly. 
My um, healthy outlet. <laughs> healthy, very healthy, yes. Squeeze <laughs> and, and coping and violence and, uh, oh, okay. yeah, murder. But if I'm it, writing about very, it, then I'm probably not doing it. <laughs> I love the probably, man. I hope everybody heard that part. I'm probably not doing it. Um, so, yeah, put that on a shirt. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> I, I really love the uh, sort of the, the core of, of, of the entire novel, the, the narrative about grief and coping and, you know, anger and retribution and vengeance yeah. and, and learning to cope and falling into the arms of somebody else and all this stuff. But there was also a little bit of fun. And, uh, uh, oh, thank one you. Of the things that I, that I, I, I teach people about uh, of their, their social media platforms. You have a mm-hmm. great platform. Uh, it's it, compared to the horrible things that you write about. It's very wholesome, um, yes. more of fun. But I, but I couldn't help but feeling like Mackenzie was somebody who you met, uh, and then you were kind of making a little bit of fun about maybe Instagram or influencers yeah. or trying trying to make a comment on social media. Um, did I get that wrong? <laughs> no, you you didn't because I think what. I think for Kenzie, the jumping off point was like two years ago, I went through this whole pink hair phase where I wanted my hair to be pink. <laughs> right? okay. And I was obsessed with making it. So again, a girl thing. I apologize. But it was, and so I started following people on Instagram that had pink hair. And there were a few random people that I don't know. I don't know who they are. Right. Young girls who had pink hair. And then you get caught up in their life or at least the life that they want you to think that they have. You know, and so I was following these people who I don't know who they are, um, and they're young women, and some of them are, you know, at the point where they can monetize their Instagram accounts, you know, they get paid to promote right. stuff. And I found it was it was fascinating, right, because I'm much older, and I didn't grow up, and I didn't become a woman in the age of Instagram, and I think it's different now. Um, when I was Kenzie's age, I don't even know if I had an email address yet um, back then. Um, and if I did, it wasn't for work. It was probably just for exchanging funny jokes or something like forwarding memes or whatever they called them back then. So I, I'm fascinated by, you know, by young women who are growing up in the age of social media in the age of Instagram specifically, which is all photos and what they feel compelled to tell people about themselves in photos. Um, the amount of the the messages that they want to send and the fact that, you know, once it's out there, it's out there forever. Right. People can Google you. They can find these things. Even if you delete something, someone's taken a screenshot. Um, and so but there's a ton of, you know, there's a ton of stuff on Instagram about everybody. So I just kind of wanted to dive into what that would be like. And I think, you know, Kenzie, you know, she was based on maybe two or three different influencers um, that I followed just for other reasons. But then I got sucked into the narrative that they were trying to sell me to, you know, and I wanted to see what that would be like. And I imagine that behind the curtain of Instagram, maybe it didn't look as glamorous or as fun or wasn't as easy as they were making it seem, right? Because no one wants that story on Instagram, you know? They want to know that your life is cute and quirky and fun and that you're pretty and that you have no cellulite and blah, 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 right? Like we want to know that everything is perfect. And, and uh, you know, it's it just was something I wanted to, I wanted to have fun with that. Yeah, no, and, and it worked because it, it, I think it spoke a lot about the way that we frame things. Uh, mm-hmm. we, I think everybody nowadays has two lives, even those of us who are not public figures. Uh, and, and then, you know, she, she frames the photos and shows the car and the hotel and the food. And, and right. But then she's at a, at a burger joint and doesn't have enough money. She's panicking about right. not being able to afford exactly. a cheap burger. Exactly. Uh, but yeah. she's young and pretty and popular. And she has 
thousands of followers and everybody comments and likes and, you know, reposts. Yeah. Um, she walked that fine line between I'm somebody online. I'm somebody online, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Can't afford rent, can't afford McDonald's, right? But here's a picture of, you know, my boyfriend's, you know, my boyfriend's car, right? And that was another thing, too, is I wanted to talk about, you know, her desire to make something of herself with, but maybe not doing all the work. You know, she wanted to skip right into someone's already great life. Um, You know, she wanted the married man and she wanted um, the big house and she imagined herself maybe in that spot one day without thinking about the fact that the wife and, and, and Derek um, had spent 20 years building that life together. You know what I mean? Had, had didn't come from money, either one of them and, and had to build their businesses from the ground up before they could get to that point. Right. And here was this 24 year old coming in and thinking she could just take it. Um, which maybe she could, and that's not, you know, necessarily on her. That's on the husband, too. But I wanted to, you know, she wanted a shortcut, and I wanted to explore what that would feel like, you know, for someone to feel entitled to that without having put in the time. And it, and it worked out, and, and I was surprised at the beginning because I found myself caring about the lives of two individuals who are highly successful and have a lot of money. And I usually don't right. care to reach people. But then, <laughs> then you make you make me care a little bit, so that was that's and you're nice mad at me done. for caring about these people who have everything. And that's the thing, too, is I kind of <laughs> wanted to take this this idealized couple in my mind, you know, this couple who really, you know, have everything that you would want for stability, for whatever, right? And then right. and just kind of, like, you know, fuck with it a little bit, right? Like take something away that it doesn't matter how much money you have, um, how well-respected you are. If you lose your child, everyone's the same. It's the same, it's the loss, right? And it doesn't make you special, and you're not immune from the pain of that. Um, you know, it, it, it's something universal, I think. And I, I, you know, I just, I don't know. I just wanted to, I just wanted to explore what that would feel like, you know, to lose the one most precious thing. Right. Uh, and that brings me to uh, my, I don't know, I lost track. Another question, <laughs> uh, which is. Uh, uh, I, I felt um, if you had, uh, for some reason, uh, you know, changed your positionality and you had decided to focus on uh, a lot more men in your story, it would have been very different because my, my mm-hmm. aim in life has always been to be as strong as a woman, as the women that I know. Um, right. And, and the way that, that she struggles to get up in the morning, but then she does. <laughs> and yeah. nothing makes sense, but she pushes right. through. And, right. uh, you know, that... That character, that part of of, of her, your main character was incredibly interesting, and I don't think it would have worked out the same way if it uh, your main character was a man, like probably either drugs yeah. or something else. Because we're not, you know, we're trained, we're programmed uh, to to not have to deal with those things. We try to push them away or you right. know, throw everything in the bottle and push it down until it explodes and ruins your life. Right. Um, right. Which, yeah. which I think is which I think is what Derek did, right? Um, is he rather than, you know, cope with the grief in a way that might have been productive in some way, he he had an affair, right? So they were both right. and I didn't want to villainize Derek, but I wanted to show the difference in how they handled the aftermath of losing their son. Right. Um and then not knowing where he was, where he, you know, Derek chooses to, you know, mess around and Marin, you know, she harms herself in other ways you know, without spoiling the book. So I just, yeah, but I mean, I really felt it was the woman's story that I wanted to tell. Um, so that's why, you know, there weren't any scenes from Derek's point of view. That was a, a deliberate choice. 
I wanted to see how the women saw him. And so all the all the viewpoint that we got of Derek is really just from the women in his life. We don't actually get into his head. That's awesome. Um, another thing we wanted to ask you about was uh, obviously, you know, there's, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of grief, there's a lot of seeking support, there's a lot of, you know, the marriage is failing. But the, the one element that's always there just sort of throbbing under the surface is guilt. Um, and guilt. your characters are smart enough to know it's not my fault. Right. <laughs> for, from thinking that they're actually feeling it, uh, That's, it's, it's an incredible distance, and they never right. like, get there. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's really hard. Uh, and, and the guilt is just always there for everyone who, who shows up in the novel who has right. lost somebody. Um, right. Was that there from the beginning, or was it just it grew organically from having to deal with you know the loss I, of somebody yeah. and not knowing? I mean, I think as a mom, I, if, if, if something ever happened to my kid on my watch, no matter how random it was, whether or not I could have prevented it, I think I would blame myself. I feel like my primary job is to keep him alive, you know, to keep him healthy. Um, and if I can't do that, I would feel like it was the ultimate failure. And so Marin's guilt um, is what harms her the most, but also what keeps her going, right? So it's, it's both. It's, it's sucking away like her life force, but it's also the thing that pushes her out of bed in the morning because she has to stay, she has to stay alive for him. Right. Um, he, she has to, she has to find out what happened. She has to, everything in the house is exactly the same as the day that he was last in it. You know, no one's allowed to be in his room. Um, everything is just as it was because she cannot, she's not allowing herself to move forward because she can't until she knows. Um, and moving forward means letting him go and she will never do that. Right, but at the same time, that guilt is what leverages people to her, right? And um, it, I, people, you know, are are afraid to lose her, right? And so a lot of things are kept from her because if she knew the truth, who knows if she would stop hanging on? So it becomes this it, guilt is yeah, it's a motivating factor to the whole book for sure. And I don't know. I mean, I'm a guilty person. I always feel guilty <laughs> by the way that I'm raised, <laughs> where I just feel bad about stuff that that isn't my fault, you know. And so that's probably part of my own personality too. Uh, understandable. <laughs> I also thought uh, if, if we move away from from feelings and we talk just about writing, uh, I thought that not not being able to move away uh, to to move forward was brilliant as, as a literary device because. Every time they park the car, they have to walk by the, the tiny boots, right? So right. you're getting yeah. hammered. Every time that you think you're about to forget the kid, boom, you get punched in the face again. Right. <laughs> and then you right. remember yeah. uh, the turmoil inside all of these characters. Um, so it worked yeah. out really well. Thank um, you. So that's that, uh, that's Little Secrets. I think everybody should go buy it. Um, but I have some other questions that don't necessarily apply to your book. For example, we're working on getting you that uh, Stephen King blurb. In the meantime, <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it could be said that uh, in terms of, of, of the books and distribution and sort of working on the next one and landing the agent and, and you know, getting your work out with a, with a really good press, uh, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, uh, you, you made it, but now we, we find ourselves in this situation where it's like we couldn't do book tours. We're not doing readings anymore. Uh, right. How do you think we're going to exit this whole situation 
Um, how do you see your career moving forward in the next year, year and a half? Uh, do you have a yeah. plan? Or are you just going with the flow? You know what's interesting about that is I think I so I've never done a book tour, and um, I've not, I didn't have one planned for Little Secrets anyway, and. I think partly it's it's I don't know if I'm the kind of author that's natural in front of like an audience full of people looking at me. I get really nervous public speaking. Um but also I have a small child, right? So traveling all over for book events has never been like super appealing for me um personally. So for the marketing for Little Secrets, they had already planned uh and, and you know I'm super grateful that they had planned anything um because it was a pandemic, but they had already planned <laughs> You know, a, a strong online campaign, right? Um, it was reaching right. readers through Goodreads early on, and they did a lot of fun stuff on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so nothing really had to change um, when everything shut down. I, they were able to proceed with what are, what they already had. But what's weird is I've done more virtual book events for this book than I've ever done events, period, for all five before that. So. Ooh. The weird right. thing about like having Zoom and having whatever is that now I can do these things that I wouldn't have done before. So, in a, and I think in a weird way it levels the playing field for authors who don't have access to travel, you know, because it is expensive, right, to to go on tour and to pay for hotels and food yeah. and and all the things that that come with that, right? And if everything is online, um, it levels the playing field for other authors who don't get the chance to to tour, um, who would like to and can't, um, to to do it. And I, and I love that part of it. Um, that's kind of a weird silver lining of the pandemic is that we are, we're all now able to do stuff that we couldn't do before. I think coming out of it, I still think that, you know, in-store events are going to be a thing. I think they're great. Um, they're just, they're fun and, and people love them. But I think that the, the virtual stuff is going to continue. That's my, my, my thing. I think it's forever changed. And I think we're going to see a lot of stuff done online um, as, a, as a normal thing. It's not going to be in lieu of. It's going to be no. We're going to plan it this way now um, because I think it's. I think it's working. It doesn't seem. You know, I like them. I mean, what do you think? Like, are you enjoying? You know, I mean, you're missing out on your travel, obviously. But have you done like virtual events? Are you I, enjoying that? I. Here's what I'm. I'm hearing. Uh, is you, <laughs> let's do tacos, but you have to come up to Toronto. Uh, that's what I heard. Basically, <laughs> like, I'm comfortable at home. Uh, <laughs> It's so no, true. I'm, I'm, I'm a homebody. Different. I uh, <laughs> last year I was lucky enough to start doing uh, uh, keynotes uh, halfway through the year, uh, and then yeah. I was I was taking money. I was making giving keynotes uh, and investing that uh, into traveling for for the book and doing uh, doing oh, events. So, so it just it really you know, yeah. So it really it detoured yeah. you completely. Yeah, I know that's yeah. which sucks. <laughs> and, you know. No, I'm going to Canada for the first time uh, this year, and uh, I had the France tour uh, planned, and I don't think um, they were covering everything. So on my own time, oh my which God. is more like black yeah. and thin, uh, I, I won't get the chance to go to France unless it's something like that. Of course. Uh, but I, I do think um, it's amazing. I had never received so many invitations to do readings with uh, libraries. I love libraries. Yeah. They're amazing. Uh, but yep. I hadn't connected with so many librarians uh, until this thing happened. Um, right. And then, as you mentioned, it, it's a whole bunch of stuff that you can get to do on Zoom or talk to yeah. somebody. If this this one just so happened. As we've known each other for years, but the known has to be, you know, quote, unquote, because we never hung out yet. We haven't no, I know. Come back. And that that needs to be remedied. Like that needs to be remedied. I believe you promised me good Mexican food because I think I tweeted something 
I remember I have this weird memory for things that no one cares about. But like a couple years ago, I tweeted something about being excited about a Mexican place opening up here, and you were like, "Oh, girl, I can take you to better." I, I don't know. Hey, that. maybe 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 your Canadians have figured out a way of getting no, up there. No, I no, I I no. We we do what we can do, but I mean, no, I've I've had better Mexican food at like you know the fast food places in Seattle, which are not even well known for that either. <laughs> I, well, I was going to say I'm that. several we're yeah. several rungs behind our quality of, of really good, you know, really good Mexican yeah. food. That's the one thing I miss about living in the US is there's just here in Toronto we don't have a huge abundance of that. We have a lot of Asian food and other things, but Mexican not so much, and so I miss it. <laughs> I miss uh, when I eat Mexican food. 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 <laughs> yeah. Maybe and and you you uh, you don't do the all the, the touring thing, but you you actually go to certain conferences, right? So I do. there's bound to be a conference uh, in the south that I can drive to. I and I, go I know I do, I do, um, and I I usually <laughs> pick the two big ones every year, but I. I don't, you know, I'm not sad that things are canceled in some ways because um, they stress me out too, you know, like, and so if it's canceled, it's okay to stay home for the year and I feel okay because then I don't have to choose whether or not it's time away from my family, you know, or time with my book people, you know, it's like everyone's shut down. So I'm not missing anything either, right? It's kind of like that whole fear of missing out thing, right? If everything, if no one's going, then I don't have to worry about what I miss. Right. (laughs) Uh, I, I want to kind of end this thing on time because I don't want Pam to get mad at yeah. me, but I do want to ask you, um, I don't know if you, you're aware of this, but a huge part of what I do is, uh, you know, diversity publishing and yeah. insulting everybody uh, and talk <laughs> a lot on Twitter. Um, as a woman of color, uh, do you see a little bit of change coming? Do you see it happening now? Uh, do you foresee a future with, with a little bit more elbow room? Uh, for the rest of us in, in, in publishing. When I say the rest of us, I mean, I'm obviously including you. So um, right, yeah. are, we, are we making strides, or do you think um, we're going to forget <sighs> about American Dirt and go back to the usual? Right, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I think the thing that continually disappoints me is how loud we have to get to make a millimeter of progress, right? Like how loud it has to get, how much, how many people have to shout and, and the, and how long you have to do it for it, right? Before things begin to change. Um, right. But I do think, I do think things are changing, but I think it's, it's the key is to, sh- to show up and to be here, you know? And for me, you know, I'm not the loudest. I wish I was, you know, it's not something that I, I, you know, growing up, my parents taught me to keep my head down and not make waves, and it's really hard for me to unlearn that, but I'm trying to. I really am. Right. But the thing that I feel I can do is just be here. Like, you can't make me leave, <laughs> right? Be here. <laughs> remind you that I'm here. Put out really good work so that you know, you know, you can get rid of that stereotype or that belief that's floating around that, you know, writers of color aren't maybe as good as, as you know, other authors. Um, but to show up and just do the work, you know, um, and amplify all the voices that you can that deserve the amplification. Because not everyone gets the same. It's not a level playing field, right? Not everyone gets the same opportunities. So, but I, I think it's changing, and I think it's changing slow, but it's just not changing. Um, we have to be relentless with it. You know what I mean? We can't hit the brakes ever. Show up and do the work. I love it. Show up and do the work. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, let's end on a more positive note. Uh, everything got canceled. 
time doesn't exist anymore. So uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, Little Secrets came out yesterday because time doesn't <laughs> matter anymore, uh, which means that everyone listening to this should probably go to uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble's, bookshop.org, their favorite indie bookstore. Uh, they, will, uh, they will get it for you. Uh, go grab it. It's fast-paced. It's amazing. It's full of pain. Uh, it's a very interesting, <laughs> carefully uh, created narrative. Uh, that deals with a lot of very dirty things. Uh, and I, I think one of the things I enjoyed the most was, uh, here's a little secret, no pun intended, watch it snowball. Uh, so please <laughs> go buy it. Uh, go support Jennifer's uh, work so that she can get that uh, $10 million advance for the next one. Um, and she can go buy some more weird Californian Bionic eyelashes. Magnetic eyelashes, which has not come yet. I'm not. I'm sad about that. And well, if I get that ten million dollar advance, I'm going to send you one of those uh, man rompers in every color. So. <laughs> you got it. I'm all for that. Uh, before we end this thing, would you please be so kind as to give all our fantastic listeners all of your social media info so they can go. Uh, follow you, watch what you do, and please, uh, no no stalking. Right, no stalking. That's not cool. Um, JenniferHillierBooks.com yeah. is my website, uh, at Jennifer Hillier. I'm on Twitter, Jennifer Hillier Books on Instagram, and Jennifer Hillier on Facebook. So I'm I'm accessible, even though I wish I wasn't. Um, <laughs> sometimes it's nice not to be, but that's not where we are now. And I, and I want to say sorry to all of those who show up to your Instagram expecting pink hair. There's no pink hair. No. Uh, I look like, a, I look like a soccer mom now. Hair, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. So do you. <laughs> uh, Jennifer, thank you so much for uh, being here today and uh, talking to me for this half hour. Thank I know you. Thank you as well. Um, I know. Thank you so to you both time. for having me. And I really, I'm looking forward to the day when we get to do this in person. I really am. That's that's the one thing I love about going to events is seeing friends in person. So we'll have to make that happen. We will that. I owe you food, so I don't want to die owing anybody anything. So I'll I'll find a way. Uh, <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> that is our time. Uh, thank you to everybody who tuned in. Thank you, Pam, for uh, setting this up and having uh, Jennifer here and for letting me take over. We wish you uh, the best. Uh, may you recover quickly from this thing, which we know for a fact is not COVID-19. Uh, you've been talking, <laughs> but you've been, you've been yelling at people online for too long. Uh, so, so we hope you feel a lot better soon. Uh, the rest of you, take care of yourselves and each other. Wear a mask and wash your hands. Jennifer, wash thank you very much. Regards to thank you, good being out. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Have a good one. You too.
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.